The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. It's you did, it again. you did the hitch. You do it every time. Every time. All right. All right. All yeah. right. I know it's your stick. It just gets me every time. Look at us with our uh look at the bright, the bright sunny day behind both of our uh mugs here. It's Friday, April 21st. Uh Hunter Couture. We interviewed him yesterday. Billy and Ed interviewed him yesterday. That'll be in the second half of this podcast, by the way. It's already on the YouTube. It's already got its own little space, but it will be on the second part. Good, good reminder. Good call out, Pat. You know, I'm just doing what I can over here. (laughs) Uh, This is Pat Finn. I'm back. I know uh, I haven't been on the podcast in a very long time, but it's it's exciting to be back with you here, Billy Ray. Uh, I've been moving, as you can see behind me. Uh, we got a lot, just got a lot of miscellaneous, miscellaneous things. Like there's a random rogue ski. We got like random artwork. Uh, it's been quite a process. Uh, big day tomorrow at rooms to go doing a little bit of furnishing. <laughs> got to figure out what the heck I'm going to put in this place. You know, 600 square feet. You got to make the most out of every square foot. Am I right, Bill? That's right. I am. Uh, I'm fired up about this. It is Friday and. I am not drinking a beer yet. I am cracking into a peach vibe Celsius, getting ready for a big uh, a big afternoon in Arlington, dude. It's gonna be it's gonna be a ton of fun. But we have a million million things to talk about with spring game, basketball, all sorts of stuff, and we have a hokey haiku. I know you love when we have a submission. I do love a good submission, Bill. You got to be careful with those Celsiuses, Celsii. Don't oh, no, never, like- never more than one in like every three days, max. max. Okay. Okay. It's like dessert. Can't have it every day, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, twice a week, we're mm-hmm. fine. Uh, team, we're going to jump in. We do have a hokey haiku. It's been a minute since I read one of these, uh, but I'm here reading a haiku for the first time from my new Myers Park apartment submitted by none other than Diablo fan account. Throw the guy some love on Twitter. He says, Couture is back. Yes. ACP in his future at NIL Rods. Nice. Well done. Well done. I am so happy that Hunter is back. Um, I gave him a hard time. As soon as he uh as soon as he announced, I did shoot him a text. I was like, you sandbagging SOB. You were at the event. I asked you to your face. Are you coming back? I don't know, man. I don't gotta think about it. Nah, you knew. He knew. I don't so, know, um, man. So we're we're uh, we're fired up to have him back for one more year. Pat, we've been talking about launching this for a while, and as you know, I have uh, 
I have been known to engage in some some Twitter back and forths. Um, I said it. I said it at the uh, the live pod at Sharkies. I was like, Bill will get on and he'll he'll ruffle the feathers. I will. I will. So instead of constantly addressing these on on Twitter, I feel like you know we should bring up a, a new segment. For now, we're calling it Talking Tweets, and we just bring up whether it's the smartest, the dumbest, the most. Um, conversation inspiring thing that we saw on the internet. Um, and here's where it is. So I want to talk about the effect that NIL has had on transfers. And I want to preface this conversation by saying, look, there have been a lot of portal winners. Those are the ones we talk about the most. Justin Mutz, Khalil Pimpleton, Gerard Evans, Cam Newton, Taylor soul, Hendon hooker, all players who have benefited from jumping in the portal. Now, Michael Brewer. Michael Brewer. Baker Mayfield. Yes. I mean, we can go on and on. Pat, we can go on. Jalen Hurts. Percentage of people, while the list is long, is like eight, six, four percent of all the people that jump in the portal. And it is always fun to clown Carolina. Pat Finn loves to clown Carolina. Our fan base loves to clown Carolina. Um, but really what sparked everything was two players that were formerly associated with Carolina and storm duck is in the portal for the second time in four months. He transferred quack, out of, quack, 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 quack. He transferred out of Carolina in January and he's back in the portal. Now cam Kelly, who has been doing the world tour, he was committed to tech. He enrolled at Auburn transferred to UNC transferred to UVA in January. And he is back in the portal this week. Now, it's fun. Can we make an analogy with Cam Kelly for a second? Sure. I think Cam Kelly's Cam Kelly's favorite game is musical chairs. You know, he just loves listening to music. Oh, it's it's so fun. Let's uh, let's enter the portal. Oh, I found a chair. Oh, all right. A year has passed. Let's get up. Let's go find another chair. He finds another chair. Well, eventually, Cam, there's not going to be enough chairs for you. You now, just- while I agree with your with your take on this, and this is going to be the general consensus with everybody, I want to say this is bad. Like, this is not good for college sports, and it's absolutely not good for the individual. And it is time to start calling out the adults in the room. And by adults, I don't always mean the parents or the people that are advising these kids, while sometimes their advice seems to be very poor and they're making poor decisions, but more so the NCAA. Student athletes for years have been clamoring about amateurism and wanting to be treated as professionals. And the NCAA, after years and years and years of dragging their feet and making wrong decisions or not making decisions at all, has let go of the rope and allowed basically anything to happen. You can do whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. It's all okay. And the problem with that is... Now, when stuff isn't working out, it's no longer, okay, probably not going to play a lot here, get your degree, keep it moving. And it's turned into college coaches are having to manage their roster the same way that professional coaches in the NFL are managing their roster. If somebody is not playing well, and I've talked to multiple coaches at the collegiate level, not associated with tech, that say like, yeah, when you get to a certain point with a player, you basically de-recruit people that are on your roster. You are telling them you need to leave and I'm going to find someone better, and that's just how it's going to go. And I'll just use myself as an example. Like, I went to Tech. I played about 86 career snaps. I didn't have a real meaningful snap in my career, 
But leaving Virginia Tech was absolutely never something that I considered. And over the course of my time there, I had the respect to my teammates, had the respect to my coaches and the relationships, the connections and the things that I learned and my experience in Blacksburg has kind of made me the person I am today. I can't imagine how you're able to learn, how you're able to meet people who can affect your life in a professional setting and how you're able to be comfortable and prepare yourself to be a professional in something other than the sport you're playing if you're only spending a year or a year and a half on campus. Like, can you imagine transferring to a new school, spending four months there and then getting ready to go to an entirely new school, learn a new playbook, meet new teachers, figure it all out again? Um I think this is terrible. It, it, it absolutely has to be looked at. It absolutely has to get fixed. I, I don't know what the fix is, but um, I really, really think that it's damaging um, the future of these kids. Yeah, it needs to get figured out one way or the other. I mean, I was having a few conversations over the weekend of about the portal. And I mean, before the transfer portal and transfer culture was a thing, it was, hey, if you want to transfer – you can do that, but you need to get approval. You can't transfer within the same conference. You're going to have to sit a year. And I feel like we need to gravitate back towards some of that and limiting the flexibility that that is offered. Um, because at the end of the day, it's kind of making it making it harder for the athletes and not actually giving them the ideal lifestyle and the ideal playing situation that they're ultimately seeking and it, it's kind of like a laissez-faire thing where oh if it doesn't work out here i'll transfer rather right. than hey i'm going to plant my flag in the sand here i'm going to spend a lot of time here i'm going to invest in here as they're going to invest in me yeah and i was talking to some of my old teammates um about this this weekend and the first time that i remember specifically dealing with a <clears throat> with a friend or a teammate that was transferring was was calvin klein and Calvin Klein, like towards the end of the season of his junior year, he was saying, yeah, I, I might go to Texas A&M. I already have my degree. They have, you know, a, a specific like study that I really want to be a part of and I want to go experience it. And it was a big bummer. Like I spent a lot of time with Calvin. Calvin was a good friend and it was a, a bummer for him. But ultimately, it was a decision that was well thought out and something that he believed was the best for his future. Now it seems like players are having that conversation with like 15 or 20 of their teammates at the end of every season. Like every season, you have no idea who's going to be on the roster. It's got to the point where if an assistant coach leaves or a player leaves, you're like all the dialogue is already, well, so-and-so is going to leave and so-and-so is going to do this. So-and-so is going to go to this school. Like it just sucks that that's what it's become. And that's why it's so refreshing when I'll, I'll just use Tucker Holloway as an example Tucker Holloway is not just a guy who's here because he wants to play. You can tell that he genuinely loves Virginia Tech. And I worry that we're getting away from the Dax Hallfields of the world, uh, the Sam Rogers of the world, who are not only out of school because they're playing a lot and making a big impact. They legitimately love being in the community and a part of uh, a part of that team. So, yeah. Like, like think of a guy like Trey Turner, who probably had numerous opportunities, especially where after you know 2018 Trey was a freshman in 2018 Trey was an impact player in 2018 the first game he ever stepped on the field was the Florida State game and he made some big plays that game and we won that game mm -hmm. uh, and at the end of the season after he was able to make his mark on this program a lot of the veterans a lot of the older guys you know they jumped in the portal in 2018 saw all these guys you know um 
as an exodus from Virginia Tech. And Trey stuck it out throughout the entirety of his time at Virginia Tech. There may have been, you know, opportunities for him that he did not he did not go through on. Um, and not every guy is like a Trey Turner. Not every guy is a Sam Rogers. Not every guy is a Dax. Not every guy is a Dalton Keene. Um, you know, guys who are just love Virginia Tech. So um, we'll see. On that on that note. Let me put a bow on it real quick. I just want to put a bow on it real quick. In no way is this me being – I'm frustrated to see it happen to any kid. I'm frustrated to see it happen to a kid at UVA. I, I wish when everybody transfers it works out. It's just I think the conversation around transferring is you hear so much about the success stories, but you don't hear about the stories that don't work out. And if you want to go through a crazy exercise, go back on 24-7 for any team – and go look up the recruiting class that comes in and see how many of those players, A, are either still on the roster or graduated, or how many of those players never even got the opportunity to graduate. Um, and not to use this word, not to use this word, but it is developing a culture of, oh, this isn't working out. This is uncomfortable. I'm going to go somewhere else because it's not my fault. It's not, you know, it's not something that I can see through. We got to see some more grit. From some people, and we need to see more leadership from the NCAA, um, and that's my thing. I wish everybody that decides to do what they want with their future to do what's best for them. Um, I just don't think there's enough guidance or enough uh, enough resources to make sure that people are getting what they need to get done and ultimately getting what they should come out of this with is a degree. So yeah, that's my that's I'll get off my soapbox. I mean, you see the same thing in corporate America sometimes too. Yeah. Where I mean, you could you could look at someone's LinkedIn and say like, all right, they were here for two years, they were there for a year and a half, they were here for you know a cup of coffee. Yep. Uh, hmm. I don't I don't know if I don't know if they're entering the portal because the culture of where they point. were. I think that's, it's you know. That's such a good point. Like there have been times where you know you'll talk to friends and they'll be like, you know what? Like I don't really know if this role fits what I want to do. I don't really know if. This is the right fit for me. But again, like what is the next company going to think of me if I took this job and I left in six months? Um, it's a good point. It's a great yeah. point. Keeping the same wavelength on the portal, Seth Greenberg, keeping the same wavelength on this Twitter subject too. <laughs> Seth Greenberg says, college coaches are spending all their time in the portal ignoring high school players that can help them win. Everyone wants a quick fix when in reality, the transfer portal guarantees nothing. Go get guys that you can build a culture with, develop relationships, and coach your team. There's 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 nuance to this conversation. Yeah, it's not it's not one thing and it's not the other. Like you can look at it's very easy from Virginia Tech to look in Virginia Tech color glasses, like. Mike Young and Kenny Brooks have done a masterful job in the transfer portal and Virginia tech football, whether you like it or not in the last three or four years has done a masterful job in the transfer portal. It's not how it works at every other school. And I think the, the reaction to that is there's no real one answer. Like certain schools are going to benefit from having guys come in. Virginia tech men's basketball benefited greatly from a guy like Grant Basile coming in, a guy like Justin Mutz coming in, a guy like Storm Murphy coming in, but also they're benefiting from getting a guy like Sean Padula. They're benefiting from getting a guy like Monsoor Delane and having a chance to potentially recruit his younger brother. So I think you really need to balance both things out. 
Um, the one thing that I am sick of is the is the Steph Curry thing. Like, I, I think we really need to let that go. Um, every other major, you know, university passed on this guy. Um, I have no problems with Seth, but also I hadn't been following Virginia Tech basketball until I got to school. So I do think the Steph Curry thing is getting a little bit old, but so are some, most of the conversations that we're having around Virginia Tech athletics are getting a little old. I mean, if it's not the, uh, what if Greenberg recruited Steph Curry, it's the, what if Shane Beamer was our coach now? Mm. Well, just because Shane Beamer is winning at South Carolina does not mean he'd be winning here. Um, just because Steph Curry had a breakout season in the NCAA tournament at Davidson does not mean he would have had the same breakout season at Virginia Tech or Duke. And you know what? North you know what? We never have the other conversations. The conversations are never, well, what if Taylor Soul never transferred into Virginia Tech a few years ago? What if Khalil Herbert never transferred into Virginia Tech a few years ago? It's always the negative. See the, as David Wilson likes to say, see the light, see the positive. Bring out the positives. Yeah, let's like let's like not forget. Uh, what if Frank Beamer actually went through on his promise to go to North Carolina in two thousand one? What if yeah. Michael Vick actually committed to Syracuse and didn't commit to Virginia Tech? People love playing the hypotheticals. That's it's okay. true. It's okay. Hey, it's what makes sports fun. Hypotheticals are huge in sports. This um, is a fun segment, Pat. That's six. That's sixteen minutes of talking talking Twitter. Let's go. Now, what what transfer or what coach do you think Seth Greenberg was trying to subtweet there? What coach do I think Seth Greenberg was trying to subtweet? I don't I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. You, you got to think like something <laughs> set him over the edge though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I don't know. Not sure. Yeah, maybe that Celsius will uh, will kick in and we'll get something. <laughs> um, what else do we got here? Let's talk about the events. Let's talk about the amazing. I, I have to say this. Coach Pry, the athletic department, top to bottom, absolutely crushed, crushed this weekend. They crushed it last year. They crushed it again this year. And the first thing that we're going in chronological order here, and the first thing is probably the thing that I'm most fired up about. They had a networking night where uh, essentially student athletes were able to go in and have conversations with, business owners, entrepreneurs, uh, really successful people in the Virginia Tech community. And I was signed up, unfortunately wasn't able to make it, but I talked to Sean Glennon at length about it. And uh, he actually brought it up. I was like, how's your weekend been? He goes, man, I went to the networking event the other night. Like, I wish that I had an opportunity to do something like that. To have guys go in, in a professional setting, to go to essentially a career fair, which if you're participating in athletics, when they have that for the school, you usually can't go. Um, For them to have that opportunity, start conversations, make connections, um, and develop that muscle that they're going to need when they graduate is so, so, so important. Um, And I love that. I love that they are not just focused on improving on the field, getting stronger, getting faster, learning the plays. They're also preparing these athletes for the next phase of their career and whatever that's going to be. Um, and I really, really want to commend um, Coach Pry and the assistant staff and everybody um, for doing that because a lot of programs talk about how that's important and a lot of programs talk about how that's something that they're doing. But um, that is essentially a period of time, resources, and planning that they took out of basically in during spring ball 
and um, had the athletes do it. So I absolutely love that. And there's, uh, I will not be missing that next year. So uh, hats off to everybody making that happen. Dorian Strong, they interviewed him uh, for the Hokies FB clip, uh, giving a quick summary. And Dorian Strong, it's a great interview. I loved it. Uh, he, he uh, it was cool. Um, <laughs> I don't know, dude. I watched, I watched the clip and I was like, I like that Dorian Strong guy. Like, yeah. He was fired up about uh, about doing some networking. And, yeah, uh, it made me fired up. Um, Golfing on to the next thing, and again, year two of making it work. The for those to come golf tournament, such a great show out. Um, I mean, Cam Chancellor, Brandon Flowers, Wyatt Teller, Michael Brewer was there. Um, it was it was awesome. The who else was there, Pat? Uh, Glennon B Hill was there. Corey Fuller. Um, it was tough because the weather was a little bit more impactful this year yeah. than last year. Oh, George George, of course. Mm-hmm. Cody Jernell uh, was out there. Um, it was a good turnout again, though. I you got you honestly got to go through all of the phases of uh, New River Valley weather. You got the cold you got the rain you got the sun you got the overcast you got the hot like you got all of it uh you got the fog um but no i i want to commend the monogram club for doing a great job i want to commend uh bryce chalkley for bringing this all together doing a really good job second year in a row um working in tandem with the monogram club and b hill getting so many guys from when he was at tech to come back so that was really really cool um and hopefully continuing to grow that so really, really impressive. Um, and hopefully something that we're, look, they're all like learning from it every single year. Uh, and obviously all the sponsors who make it possible. I think this is really, really cool. So all of the money goes back to the scholarship endowment. I believe that's, that's, those are two big words, uh, the scholarship endowment at Virginia tech. So, um, and I played in it this year. I had a good haircut, which I did not have last year. And I did play golf, which I did not do last year. So, I had a ton of fun, man. I, I really uh, – it was my third time ever playing golf. It was a scramble. We actually used my ball a couple of times. Um, so, yeah, Pat saw my worst my worst hit of uh, – my worst stroke of the day. Uh, Ed goes, oh, let Pat watch. I'm like, dude, Pat's going to see, like, my absolute worst uh, worst shot here. And I, uh, I hit a five iron about 10 yards. If hey, that. It's not bad. Yeah, you had the orange ball, which mm-hmm. was uh, – Kind of funny, you know, classic. Yeah. Billy Ray came out, came out. Uh, he had spent some time at 310 Rosemont. He had uh, utilized the Queens of Castle discount. He bought, you know, this this very uh, very decorative golf polo. He was ready to go. <laughs> and uh, it's okay, Bill. I, I heard you did have a good day. I did. I did. Um, it was funny. I played with Jay Litt and his dad and his grandpa, Jeff Little and Jack Osborne, we had a good time up there. Um, it was funny because I think we're in the ninth hole, maybe. And this this caravan of golf carts comes our way uh, towards the tee box. We're teeing off on nine. And it's J.C. Price, uh, Coach DB, uh, Coach Ferg, uh, Brandon Dillard. Who else was with this group? Uh, Coach Prelude. I think it was. I think that was the five. And, uh, you know, Coach Prelude and Jeff Little, Radford legends, they were chopping it up for a little bit. And then they had to watch us all tee off. And, you know, just like me watching Bill chunked it. Or I didn't chunk it. I just hit like a, 
you know, infield fly to the second baseman. Not my, uh, not my best tee shot of the day. I actually don't think I had a single solid tee shot on Friday. I got to tell you, uh, Coach Price, growing out the hair. Looks yeah. great. Looks like he's starting yeah. a band. Um, Coach Price is rocking that. I played with, um, with Wyatt and his brother-in-law. And uh, Ed had a great time. An awesome, awesome time. Uh, got to tell you, Wyatt Teller hits the ball pretty far. Hits the ball pretty far. Um, but no, it was great. Uh, great catching up with him. And then we headed over to the Ed- Edmonds reception. Man, that's got to be the coolest event that I've been to that Virginia Tech puts on, in my mm. opinion. Um, I always – okay, so the German club – was in the German club, the 130th anniversary that we had last year. It's probably the coolest event I've ever been to in my entire life uh, last April. Um, this year, going to the um, the Edmonds reception in the Sangani Players Lounge. I mean, that is a freaking sweet, sweet time, man. I uh, had a ton of fun running into everyone over there. And um, Coach Pry getting the mic. Uh, is, he's so funny on the mic. He doesn't need a mic. He's just he's just screaming. He doesn't need a mic, dude. He's like, a, I, I got to imagine that that when he talks to anybody about anything, it's very similar to when he talks to his team before before going out to practice or before going out to a game. It's the uh, it's the there's no place like here. There's no fan base like us, and there's no better time to be here than right now. And I'm just, I'm fired up. I'm like, dude, it's April. I'm getting me ready. We're getting ready, ready for September. Um, it was great. And also one of the, the two people that steal the show every year is coach prize steals the show. And one of the most wonderful, wonderful people in the world, uh, cookie Edmonds, the Edmonds's mother is in full. This has to go perfect mode. And all of the Edmonds, the most respectful kids in the world are Oh yes, Mama. What can we do? What can we get done? And everything's getting done. They bring in the uh, the barbecue shop from Danville. It's an amazing, amazing event. Um, I can't say enough positive things. They really do a, a phenomenal, phenomenal job there. Oh, that was uh, a ton of fun. Got to catch up with Rooster uh, Coleman Brittle. For those who don't know, Rooster uh, and Love Nancy Rooster. Brittle, of course. Got to meet Coach Marv. Uh, caught up with Coach Foster. Got to chat with Mike Saunders. I believe Mike Saunders was class of '66, mm-hmm. uh, legend uh, from Virginia Tech football lore. A lot of people, a lot of fun. Uh, Matt, uh, Mr. Babcock, Mr. Babcock was there. I ran into Bruce Glathorn, who somehow I literally see every every time I go to Blacksburg. Um, it was great. It, it's it's a really really cool event. Um, and then we were busy, man. Then we then we jumped right into Spring Jam. Thank you so much to everybody that showed up. Uh, first and foremost, thank you so much to Patrick and Charlie setting up an online ticket situation where tickets could be bought before the event. Um, and it was great. Uh, we had Riley and Chris working the door. They did a great job all night long. Dan Marshall came out and he played for about an hour and a half, an hour. It was great to see all of his friends come out to support you had Dax there. You had Drake there. You had Cole Blaker there. They all came out. Um, so great to see all of them. Um, and basically, you know, a lot of the folks from athletics and a lot of the folks that were in town poured on down there to McLean's, and we we had an awesome time. And then David Wilson, who very transparently, we were excited to have him. We wanted to get him involved. 
and we're kind of going through the process and and David's like, yeah, I'd love to share my art. We're like, great, come on down from Atlanta. We'll see you there. And he's going around to, he's great with fans, going around every single table. Hello, my name's David Wilson. I used to play running back here. I'm going to play a couple songs. What year did you graduate? Every table is like, yes, we know who you are, David Wilson. Yes, I can't wait for you to play music. <laughs> We're here to watch you play music. <laughs> he comes up to me and he's like, man, it's crazy how many people know who I am. I'm like, it's really not that crazy, David. It's not. It's not that crazy. <laughs> so, one of the kindest people ever. Um, and yeah, it was great. I, I had an awesome, awesome time. Um, that's an event that we learned a ton from last year, learned a ton this year, the fellowship. Um, and I, I can't thank enough people. We had the entire, uh, uh, men's club lacrosse team rolled up like 15 or 20 deep. Um, it was great. I had an awesome time. I had an awesome time. Yeah. David Wilson, man, I thoroughly enjoy everything about David Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know know where <laughs> with that guy. I mean, you know, I, I met his parents outside of Castle Coliseum in 2011, right out after we beat the doors off of uh, Appalachian State, and David had three touchdowns. They were just the kindest people. Um, and then we had David on the pod last fall, and that podcast went off the rails. And we were just spent the entire time just laughing and and learning about you know what David's been up to and. He's just he's just hilarious, man. Like he, he loves Virginia Tech too. I think um I think that was big. I don't want to speak for him, but I think it was big for him to come back and and realize how much genuine love and like admiration people have for him. And it's reciprocated. Like he loves Virginia Tech and he loves his time. And um it was just great to get him back, uh get him back in the fold. Showed up in his varsity jacket, overalls, and like combat boots. And the guy's doing backflips. Like he spent the first 10 minutes of his allotted time chatting, talking about what kind of music he does. And um, that was worth the price of admission itself. I mean, it was, uh, it, was, it, was it was unbelievable to watch. It really was. I, 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 I can't wait to see whatever footage. If somebody has footage of it, I, I need it. I need, I'm still waiting for Jake Sells to get some of those pictures over and um, if you were recording, which I saw a ton of people doing, please, please DM us any videos that you have of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, his song for Nomic, me and Billy were, uh, I listened to it today on my run. We're definitely vibing to for Nomic. Yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, I, I had to ask him, um, David running up on top of Castle Coliseum. No, you did that. Oh my God. Um, no coach height was not very happy about it. <laughs> He was like, and he says, well, I think I should do it again. Like, we should make it, a, make it an event. He's like, yeah, let's get ESPN out here and let's, uh, and let's figure it out. I was like, David, I don't think we can do that. Like, we're going to have to get some sort of permission and God forbid you fall. And he literally, without skipping a beat, he goes, if I fall, you guys have great content. I'm like, no, that's not the kind of content that we want. So He's like, if, you, oh, if, if I fall, I'm landing. I'm landing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's landing the trick, but uh, David Wilson, he did say he wants to come to section five this fall uh, yes. for a football game. So we will make Anytime. sure we'll make sure that uh, we make that happen. But uh, both Dan and David Wilson are uh, great having them out and uh, couldn't be more appreciative of, uh, of them. And then what happened? We rolled we on over. The next morning, um, 
delirious waking up the next day again, getting up and having responsibilities again the next day. I have to shout out uh, Pete B from uh, from Too Deep who came up with the idea. We've talked about before doing a live show at Sharky's. We went over, talked to our guy JJ on Thursday, and uh, we had no idea if it would be cool. And he just pulls up a chair. What do you guys want to do? We want to do a live show. Ah, right, no problem. Yeah, set up over here, and then you're good. Okay? So PB organized it, came out with uh, speakers, set it all up, microphones, and we had an awesome panel. We had a treadmill horse who I had never met. Um, and I also love when notable Virginia Tech uh, Twitter people give your give their Twitter name before they give their actual name or just never give their actual name at all. <laughs> it's just like, what up, Treadmill? And I'm calling him Treadmill the entire time. <laughs> And, Miss, and, Mrs., and Mrs. Treadmill Horse, too. Yes, and Mrs. Treadmill Horse. I believe um, Lisa. Lisa. They were wonderful. And then uh, Tally Bands, who was great. It was awesome seeing him. Uh, Dan the Visionary was there. Uh, B Fish pulled up, which was great. It was awesome seeing him. Uh, Ed Williams jumped on the mic for a little bit, which was great. Who else, uh, who else came over there? I want to say, well, obviously, Sam Jeremy. Jesse obviously was there as well. Sam I'm Jesse was part Sam, of the panel. Sam and uh, and Jeremy. Jeremy and Brian Siegler, of course, Brian right. Siegler as well. Um, and it was a ton of fun. I mean, it was our first time doing it. I'd love to do that for a game day. We've been talking about Purdue, um, talking about a couple of those other games, but I think that would be a, a ton of fun um, to do. So, PB, shout out. I, I know a ton of work went into that. He had a whole script. He he set everything up. Um, it was great. I loved it. That was a ton of fun. I was feeling it uh, for that first segment, but uh, we had a lot of fun in that third segment, just talking about tailgating, talking about hooky Twitter, uh, kind of just you know shooting the breeze and letting it fly, and that was uh, that was a lot of fun. And I gotta tell you, so we didn't get to make it over to the uh, the three point two for thirty two, mm-hmm. um, which you know perfect running weather yes i think uh we've been blessed with pretty good weather the last few spring games and my spring game experience when i was an undergrad i think three out of four years it rained i think the the year i came back uh my first year out it rained uh it was we were you know it was definitely raining at like a 60 65 or 75 percent clip Mm -hmm. which is a bummer uh the last couple of years spring game weekend has just been perfect nothing short of perfect and Billy Wright, I got to tell you, we've been chatting, we've been chatting for a long time on this podcast, and we haven't even talked about tailgating. We haven't even talked about the actual spring game. And my take before we talk about the actual spring game is that spring game weekend is the best weekend at Virginia Tech. Say it again. Say it again. Spring game weekend is the best weekend at Tech. I'll tell you Damn. why, Bill. First of all. You're getting good weather. Knock on wood. Knock on countertop. Here we go. Here, this is my Virginia Tech cutting board that I made in eighth grade. I don't know if you can see that, um, but it's wood. Um, <laughs> Virginia Tech spring game weekend is awesome. It's so yeah. low pressure. It's not overwhelming. There's a lot to do. I mean, we've talked about four or five different events. Um, you go out and you tailgate. You do the 3.2 for 32. It's a phenomenal community building weekend. Their gala benefactor dinner happens on Friday night. We don't go to that, but I know that's another great event that a lot of uh, who's who and uh, you know donors of 
probably a lot of money I'll get to go to that. And that's awesome. And they have a great time. I know a lot of the folks um, from athletics came over after the, uh, the gala. And then you get to go out and tailgate and go to a low anxiety football game where winning doesn't matter. Losing doesn't matter. And it will not dictate your mood for the rest of the day or the rest of the weekend. Um, it's just a, a very nice little middle, solid, comfortable ground that I think needs to be, I guess, displayed more. Like maybe it's like one of those things like, hey, like, don't come. Don't come to spring game, you know, mm-hmm. kind of like what they say, yeah. like, don't move to Utah. It sucks, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, spring game is awesome. And so is Utah. Yes. Um, but that's that's kind of my takeaway. It was freaking sweet. I, I completely agree. Um, on the 3.2 for 32 thing, it's it's so great to see how many people participate in that Um, definitely want to participate in it next year, but walking downtown uh, to our events, you just see, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. Um, And uh, you know, we talk about it all the time. Virginia Tech is such a special community and that's such a special day. Um, And you saw it all around people weighing in, giving their support, support to the university. Uh, Chris Fowler had a tweet about it on, uh, on that day. And it was really, really, really special. So um Moving on to the spring game itself. Um, sons of transparency, sons of disclaimers. Uh, we stayed for the first half. Billy Ray, you stayed for the first half. You left early. Bah, 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 bah. Yes, I did. We had a long weekend, a lot of stuff. I had a four-hour, five-hour drive back to Fairfax. Um, and let me just say it really quickly. Um, all right, it's not really quickly. I'm going to literally talk about a bunch of stuff. But – Tucker talked about it on our podcast yesterday. The one moment that stood out to me the entire spring game was the moment where we honored the women's basketball team. I think it was in the first quarter. It was by far the loudest moment of the entire spring game. Um, And what was so funny about it, they bring the entire team out. It looked like Taylor soul was about to start crying. She's holding the ACC championship trophy. Raven is out there with coach Brooks. The hokey bird is out there. Morgan, Morgan Gay, our photographer got some awesome pictures and the place went nuts. But what's so funny is they read off all of the accomplishments for the year. Crowd goes nuts for like a minute. And they're like halfway through all of the accomplishments. It was, it was like two and a half minutes of program record. National record, national honor, first time ever. <laughs> it just went on and on and on and on and on. They got a second ovation. It was over. Loved every second of it. Loved the support. Love how everybody has jumped and and followed that team. It's been tremendously special. Um, but talking about the actual football game, just a couple of things that stood out to me. Uh, I'll pass it over to you, Pat. When I when I get through this, uh, Grant Wells would be our starting quarterback if the season started tomorrow. And I don't say that in a negative way. He looked great. Uh, He had command, good pocket presence. I truly, truly believe that he took some serious steps forward. Um, So he looked really, really good. I was really impressed. Uh, And take a deep breath. You know, a lot of commentary on uh, Kyron Drones, a lot of commentary, I I believe, the Maroon team. Look, it's really hard to get a grasp of the playbook in 15 days. It's really hard to get um, some sort of connection with your wide receivers in 15 days, especially when you factor in that most of the receivers on that team were new to the system as well. Um, so it's going to take a while. He also had, you know, the non-benefit of a halfway competent offensive line. Let's call it what it is. Um, he's got a ways to go, but that is why we get out there in the spring. And that's why we have an entire summer to continue to get better. 
and an entire fall camp to continue to get better. So we'll see that quarterback battle is going to be something that drags on into fall camp. And um, I'm excited to see how it goes and whoever it's going to be, I'm going to be excited about it. Uh, any thoughts on the quarterback play, Pat, before we move on? I would say uh, I'd echo that. Thought he looked great. Thought he looked better than he did last spring game. Mm-hmm. Uh, know that he has more weapons this year. Uh, I, I, you know, I feel like you can put any quarterback, uh, you know, year over year with the weapons or lack thereof from last fall compared to this fall. And you're going to have a lot better quarterback play no matter who it is. Uh, but I do think Grant did have that spark and he looked good and uh, he looked confident as well. And, uh, you know, I think most folks would agree and, and say the same thing. The running back room looked good too. Who'd you like? Uh, I got to shout out Chance Black. Um, our guy Ringo owns all of the stock for Chance Black. So there's none to buy, but sign into your Charles Schwab account and put it on your watch list. Um, I'm excited about him, but I'm really excited about the entire running back room. Look, I've come on here before and I've said we have so many scholarships with running backs. So many of them are never going to play. It's a really, really crowded room. We still have a crowded room, but it's crowded with really talented backs. You look at Malachi Thomas, you look at Rootin Tootin. Um, it's a really, really good room. Um, and I don't know who's going to be the workhorse. I don't know who's going to get the, uh, the most carries, but I'm really, really excited about that room. And I think it's got a chance to be really special. Um, the one thing that I do want to say is stop taking the spring game rosters and the spring game results so seriously. I am not saying that they don't mean anything, but it means it's closer to meaning nothing than it is meaning a whole lot. Um, If you want to do a fun exercise, I did this before we recorded today, type in Virginia Tech spring game 20, whatever year you want to do, and read the recap of that and then say, oh my God, like 75% of the people talked about in this article never played that next year. Or the player that didn't play very well happened to be our starting quarterback or our starting left guard or our punt returner. So I think overreacting to the spring game is a fool's errand. Um, At the end of the day, it is a dog and pony show. That is what it is. We are running maybe six to 12 different plays. One of the teams, the team that lost, had zero coordinators on that team. It's very, very hard to make two teams out of a team that has a couple positions that are not very deep to begin with. So that's just something to keep in mind. And also you had guys like Chaplin didn't play, I believe uh, St. Germain didn't play. Um, And you're going to hold guys out that probably would play in a normal game if they have some sort of Nick or something that's going wrong. But um, it's a dog and pony show, which brings me into my next point, Pat Finn. Uh, Actually, it's in my hot take. We'll save it for hot takes, actually. We'll save it for hot takes. But we're moving on to pylons. Wait, wait, I got got two more thoughts. One, Bryce, two. Bryce Duke looked really good. Tucker yeah. looked really good. And lastly, uh, I think Billy noticed it, but it was pretty funny. Uh, Chris and Drew and Mary and Dr. J and uh, that whole squad, uh, Karen, uh, Allison, they were all starting the wave. Yeah, I did notice that. Uh, I did. And uh, trolling myself, trolling Billy. It's okay in the spring game. Nice spring right. game. It's okay. fine. It's yeah. fine. Um, we can hand out roses and uh, dandelions if we want during the spring game. Whatever whatever gets people going. That's true. 
That's true. Um, we could no, we're not doing the UVA sway. We're not doing that during the spring game. No. Um, all right, pylons. It's been a minute since we did the pylon segment. What we're gonna do? Uh, these eight pylons today, snake draft style. We're just gonna call them memorable moments in the weekend. Um, so I'll go first. Memorable moment for me. Uh, happened at the Spring Jam. I'm standing at the front, uh, working the door. It's about 10.30. Trey Turner walks in, and I give him a big hug, and it's Trey Turner's birthday today. So happy birthday, Trey. It was great seeing you this weekend, and uh, looking forward. I know um, I know you're getting an opportunity up in the, in the CFL, so shout out to my guy, Trey Turner. Bill? I get to go twice here. Um, okay, number one is the trip to the cellar. It's mandatory at this point. Every single time you go to Blacksburg, you have to go to the cellar. It turned into, let's go to the cellar real quick and get a good night's sleep. We ended up staying at the cellar for probably three hours. Uh, it was an amazing time. Uh, one of the things that stood out to that was, um, Georgia is walking in between that little passageway of uh, Sharkies in the cellar. And everybody who is standing out on the patio for Sharkies and everybody in the cellar standing ovation. You may, it, it may have been if uh, it could have been anybody that is super notable standing ovation, cheers, clapping. And it just so happens that she was also hosting a recruit. I mean, can you have a better, can you have a better display of how special Hokie nation is? I thought that was really, really awesome. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll take the cellar as my first one. And then the second one, that I'll go with was a little self pat on the back. I almost got a hole in one on hole 12. I, I don't shake. Don't shake. I am rolling my eyes to the back of my head. That's fine. Third time playing golf. Wyatt grabbed me and he's, and we couldn't see it. It like bounced directly in front of the flagpole. And he said, if you dunk that, I'm going to punch you directly in the face. Cause it is your third time playing golf. And <laughs> that would really, really bother me. It was not a hole in one, but um, fun moment. Fun moment. Those are the things, as they say, as the golfers say, that's what keeps you going. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed that. That was my number two pick. All right, uh, my number two pick. The Sharkies event was a ton of fun. Big shout out to Pete for putting that together. Um, but just getting guys from different voices of Hokie Nation and Hokie Twitter together was really mm -hmm. special, I thought. I thought that was a ton of fun. Um, I'd never met Tally before. Uh, that guy is absolutely hilarious. It's every, everything that I expected um, he was, and he was cracking me up. Uh, B Fish, same with B Fish. Good to see him there. And then I just want to give a big time shout out to Pete B, man. I We've been following each other on Twitter for, you know, what seems like five or six years now. And uh, been able to work closely with Pete over the past, you know, six plus months now. And uh, truly awesome guy and great to hang out with him, especially at the spring game the next day. Uh, he was letting the jokes fly throughout the games. Shout out to Pete. Uh, and then the next I will put, um, I was walking out of the tunnel of section five out into the, uh, out into the stadium when they were doing the women's basketball uh, honoring. And I thought that was like unbelievably special. Felt myself like getting emotional, just really, really cool. Um, and one of the most memorable moments of the weekend uh, for me, without a doubt. Back to you, Bill. Yeah. Um, I think it was awesome seeing, seeing everybody that we saw, but also Devin Wilson 
who has been talking about it for years and years and years, is now working in the athletic department. He is, uh, I believe, the liaison for the Monogram Club now. Um, and uh, he said it for years. He said, my goal is to come back here and be involved in athletics. Um, he was working at San Diego State for a while. He was working at VCU for a while. So I love that Devin Wilson is back in Blacksburg and um, making good on what he said he was going to do. So it's always great running into Devin, and it was great seeing him back at Tech. So loved, loved, loved that. And also, I would say my last one, a little bit of a cop-out, but I loved how many people came to Section 5. You know, the spring game, you can sit wherever you want. And um, a ton of familiar faces came over, and we had a great time for that first half. It was great weather. It was awesome. Um, and uh, I appreciate everybody that pulled up and, and just hung out for the game. It was a ton of fun. Was, uh, actually, I, let me let me add on to that because I'm going to take this from a 7 to a 10. The amount of students that showed up to the spring game was fantastic. Like North End Zone was basically full. Um, yeah, it was basically full uh, when the game got started early into the first quarter. Um, so I love seeing the participation and excitement from the student body. That was great. All right. I need one more, don't I? You do. Um. It has yeah. to be the tweet, dude. It has to be the David Wilson tweet at two thirty. Oh. <laughs> that was awesome. Do you want to? Do you want to tell everyone what happened? We wake up the next morning, and David Wilson that was, was that Monday morning or was that Sunday morning? Sat. It was Saturday morning. No, because he wasn't. left right after the spring game, wasn't it? No, it was. It was like late Sunday, I think. Um, hang on. Well, let me let me check. It was on the sixteenth at two twenty-seven. A.M. So, yeah, sat- Saturday, late, late Saturday. Anyway, he, we, we, we were gone. We were you were in Fairfax. I was in Charlotte at this point. Yeah. So he's tweeting at two thirty in the morning and he's tweeting, I guess, stream of consciousness from 24 hours ago. And it's just Pat Finn lit at two twenty seven a.m. <laughs> just that's the tweet. That's the entire tweet we sent in the group chat. Um, and it was, it was hilarious. So that was, uh, you know, it's our pylons, man. It may have not meant a lot to you, but it meant a lot to us. I thought it was funny. Um, should we ditch rapid fire? No, we can, we'll, we'll keep rapid. We fire. can ditch it. We'll ditch the first one. I'm just going to give my hottest take. Uh, my hottest take from the spring game. I really wish we would start doing this like the all-star game. Um, you're seeing it in the NFL. I think baseball is moving to this. Let's not play football. Let's just make this an event where everybody is going to come to Blacksburg anyway. You do the remembrance run. You do all of the events. And then let's just watch like a combine or a dodgeball game or or find something that isn't a football game. And let's just watch all the guys have a great time. I think that would honestly be better because so much of the dialogue after the game is just throwaway stuff. Again, it's a dog and pony show. So let me paint you a picture. You head over to spring game and it's like – Oklahoma drills between the O-line and the D-line. It is 40-yard dashes between the wide receivers and the defensive backs. It is quarterbacks throwing into garbage pails 40 yards away. It is kickers trying to hit the top of the upright. Um, something like that. I think I think that would be reimagining the spring game. Um, that's my hottest take. I think that would be a cool, uh, a cool switch. That is a hot take. I don't know how many people will be on board with that, but uh, that is a hot take. That sounds like something that will be good like the next day or the day before. Prior, not actually replacing the game, but people want to see that live game action. That's true. Know? 
People are hungry for live game action. Um, that's why they watch the XFL. I don't know who's watching the XFL, but people do because people love football. That is true. Charlie's um, shout outs, Billy Ray. What are you? What are you thinking? I first want to shout out um, an event that I went to last night. Um, me and Ringo headed out there. It was awesome. Uh, the Lunch Pail Ventures event. So it is basically an event for uh, entrepreneurs and uh, business owners in the Virginia Tech community to get together of all ages, meet, network, uh, hear success stories. Um, and I really want to shout out Coach Foster, Christina Daves, Derek Maggard, all the people who made that possible. They had a fantastic panel, uh, met a lot of tremendously, tremendously successful Hokies. Um, they had it at the Steampunk facility uh, over by Capital One in uh, McLean. Uh, it was really, really awesome. So shout out to them for putting that together. Um, and they have another event, I believe, this September in Blacksburg. So check it out. Lunch Pail Ventures, really, really cool concept um, and greatly appreciated that. Um, Pat, who you got to shout out? Shout out our guy, Rich Luttenberger, Morris County's finest. Yes. Uh, it was great to meet Rich at the uh, For Those to Come golf event. And then uh, he came over to the Spring Jam, which was great, him and a couple of his buddies. And I know that they had a good weekend. So appreciate you coming out, Rich. Brad and Evan. As always, great to Pleasure. see uh, Brad Worthman and Evan Massengill, uh, as always. Uh, Nels Williams, Morgan Gay, for helping out uh, over the weekend. Zach Osmond as well. Um, really appreciate you guys. I know uh, you guys had a ton of fun at Spring Jam and uh, been grinding really hard all uh, all spring and all fall and making things work for the Sun Saturday uh, website and content. That goes for all the other beat writers as well uh, that Nels is working with. Uh, and then uh, I know you had a couple more, Bill. And then we can- yeah, no, Allie Elkins, Amanda Hurst, uh, the whole crew with Learning Life, Hokey Pugs, Drew, Karen. Um, really appreciated seeing you all as always. Um, Got to shout out Bonnie. She's always somehow, we're always at the same event. Um, Hokey Mr. Hack, dude. Hokey Hack. Bacon, Hokey the, Hack. Big, the Bacon Man. Hokey Hack, Steven, uh, Dr. J. Uh, Drew. Jay, that whole crew is fantastic. Um, and again, they meandered over to section five, which was great. Uh, obviously B fish, Pete, Tally, young visionary, treadmill horse, everybody. Um, and I, I, I gotta say like everybody who either played a part in making this weekend possible, um, whether it was our event, monogram clubs event, um, the athletic department, I know so much goes into that. Um, you know, we were just responsible with, uh, putting together something that lasted four hours and, a lot, a lot of planning goes into it. So uh, that's awesome. And shout out to everybody who came back, participated, um, and uh, made that weekend so special. So those are uh, those are my shout outs. That's Anything else before we pass it out to uh, Hunter Couture? That's a pod. That's a, that's the first segment of a pod. <laughs> Hunter Couture, everybody. He's back. He is back. All right. Thursday, April 20th. It's 10.30 in the morning. We are joined by ACC champion, ACC championship MVP, all academic team in 2023, smarty pants, smarty pants, smarty pants, and led the ACC in three-point field goals with 42.4% in 2023. And he's coming back. He's coming back for another year. Hunter Couture, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? I'm doing good. I appreciate you guys having me back on. 
Yeah, I appreciate you coming to uh, coming to Spring Jam the other week, not mentioning anything about coming back to Virginia Tech because I'm sure your mind had not been made up yet. You made your mind up after that event. Um, so thank you so much for popping out. But we'll jump right into it. Two days ago, you announced your return for your final season of eligibility at Virginia Tech. This is a three-part question. What were the most important factors in that decision? How did you see those factors being fulfilled at Virginia Tech? And when did you know that you were coming back? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was kind of being trying to make this next step in my career. You know, I've been in college for four years. Um, obviously, with NIL being a whole different ball game um, in college, so I was just trying to figure out what I wanted to do for this next step. That I want to come back to college for a fifth year. Like college is a grind. I mean, I'm tired of school already. Um, workouts in the morning, that's tiring. So it was like, do I want to go ahead and kind of start my professional career and kind of be out on my own and figuring it out myself? Um, and also just relationships, you know, having that opportunity to come back for another year and kind of make more memories and and make more stories and make more friendships um, was a big deal too. So it's just kind of putting all that into consideration. Um, it was tough. There's times where I'd, I'd flip throughout the day. There'd be one day where in the morning I was like, all right, I'm going to go play professional. And in the evening, I was like, all right, I'm coming back. So I really had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I came to it last Thursday or Friday is when it, like, hit me. And I was like, all right, like, I think I'm going to come back. I think it's the best decision for me. Yeah, I'll give you another uh, – I guess it's kind of a softball lob here for you. But what role did Coach Young and your teammates play in the decision-making process? It was a big role. Coach Young was – he was really good. He never really was pressing on me, which I thought was a, a good approach to it. Because sometimes if you get too pressured into it and feel like, oh, like we need you back, we need you back, it could kind of push you away. Um, so I feel like he did a great, really good job saying, whatever you do, like I'm gonna be happy for you. Like obviously you know that I want you back and how much you mean to this program and um, Hokie Nation. Um, but he did a really good job in selling me and just telling me, whatever decision you make will be the best decision. So what was his reaction when he did say that you're coming back, though? Oh, he was so relieved. So I called him in. Um, he went on a recruiting trip. I called him in Friday. It was right before I went to the event. It was Friday night. Called him into his office. I was like, hey, we need to talk. And I was trying to play it like I was leaving. So I went in there. I was like, yeah, I don't know, man. And then I told him, I was like, I'm coming back. And he just seemed so relieved and kind of like the, the weight of the world was off his shoulder. So it was a pretty cool a moment for us. Yeah, I'm sure he was pretty fired up, as everybody else was. Uh, going back to last year, really quick, obviously injuries, a lot of bad luck, just the ball not bouncing your guys' way, bunch of close losses. What do you think you and the team learned the most from last year and kind of the trials and tribulations you had to deal with? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing to to go in the right direction, I think, is to take those losses and go through the, those type of adversity. You know, obviously injuries um, is part of the game. You never know when it's going to happen. You're going to have to deal with it. Um, and you kind of have to get lucky. We were lucky the past three years to have not have that many injuries. Um, we kind of dealt with it this year, um, but that's not an excuse. We still could have played better. Um, I felt like we had the talent to be in the NCAA tournament, and we just didn't display that out there. So I think going into this um, this summer and preseason, kind of just working at it, a lot of guys got some more experience this past year. Um, so I think that'll help going into this next year. So goals in your final season back on and off the court. What are you looking to accomplish? Um, what do you want to accomplish in this last year of eligibility? Um, I think I just want to take every day and every kind of moment um, and don't take it for granted. You know, this is my last my last hurrah. Last year I wasn't sure 
kind of going um, iffy here and there. But I think knowing this is my last year here in Blacksburg and kind of the impact um, that it's had on me, just not really taking anything for granted. Um, last year playing in the ACC, being able to go to these different kind of arenas and places like that and playing against these, these players will be pretty cool. So I think going out there, obviously – want to get better on my game and work on it this summer um, and be the best player out there, but also just taking the, a step as a leadership role, being the older guy and a fifth-year guy for these younger guys coming up, um, being there for them, but just not taking anything for granted and going out there and just having fun and enjoying it. So have you looked at the record books at all? Have you did, dove into them at all? I have. Okay, so 17 three-pointers away from breaking A.D. Vassilo's school record. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted to just wanted to let you know. Well, sure look, you, Hunter, you average three a game, so the sports books would have the line at five games over under. I'm not going to ask you to answer that question, but Billy, over under five games before Hunter breaks that record next season. I mean, I'm not going to get on here with him on the Zoom and say, <laughs> but I would, I would hope so. Depending on depending on how many minutes we get, yeah, I would, lo- I would love to see it. Um, when that line does become available, I'll, I'll, I'll jump on it. Hunter, don't you jump on it though. Um, so I talked to Coach Young about that the other day, and I said, "What are the chances you let me break it in the first game?" And he wasn't excited about that. <laughs> you'd have to shoot. You'd have to shoot at a Georgia Amor volume of threes to break it in that first game. <laughs> it's true. Ed, what a pro! Look at you setting up. Look at you setting up the next question, man. Uh, I want to ask you about this past season for uh, the women's basketball team. Obviously, I saw you a ton out there supporting um, and taking in that historic season. What do you think made that women's basketball team so special? And what are maybe a few things that you guys learned from them uh, and how they did, uh, they handled this season? Yeah, I think they were just a special group. I think you could tell that from early on in the season. The, um, the relationships they had with each other and that they had with Coach Brooks is really special. And you don't see that a lot in teams. Um, the adversity they kind of had to go through middle of the year when they went through a rough patch. And then the end of the year when they started winning 15 games in a row, I think, and going into the, the tournament. So it was really special to see um, the growth that they had over the year. And we kind of saw it coming. You know, last year they had the the early round exit in the NCAA tournament, and we knew that, like, maybe they could have accomplished more um, losing to Florida Gulf Coast. So you knew that they were due coming in this year and the talent they were bringing back and in. Um, so it was cool to see them fulfill all that expectation that people had out there for them. So it was exciting. I mean, going to Seattle and seeing them win the Elite Eight game and then going to Dallas and seeing them play in the Final Four, you don't see that a lot. So being able to experience that and see them do that was pretty cool. Um, one more question before we move into the rapid fire. This past year, and basically every year, you're going to have assistant coaches, you're going to have, some, in some cases, head coaches that are presented with opportunities, whether it's to move closer to home, take another job, um, take a higher ranking job. But you went through that this year with three coaches. You had three coaches, three assistants that were having a potential opportunity to um, take another job. How exactly do you guys handle that in the moment? And how do those coaches handle it in the moment as well? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is um, the coach's attitude towards it, going into it. You know, obviously Coach Jones going back to Maryland, being closer to home for him. So you got to be excited for him. It's at the end of the day, you can't be mad. He's going closer to home. Um, and with KG going through the whole trying to get a head coaching job somewhere else, they're trying to do what's best for them. And so, But their attitude towards it all is they're invested in our program and in the players going through it all. So you couldn't even tell that they were out there um, interviewing for different jobs and stuff like that. So it's not a big problem around here. Um, we've gone through it in the past with coaches, and you know it hurts them when they have to leave. It's not their first option um, that they want to leave here, but um, they're just doing what's best for them. 
And moving on to rapid fire, first question that I have, can you think of a single moment that you remember as the loudest moment in Castle Coliseum during your career? There's got to be one of those bacon moments in there. Um, my, I think it was my freshman year against UNC, the one that went to double overtime. They missed two free throws in the second half for bacon. That was when I was like, I was just, I blacked out running down the court. Um, but it's got to be one of the bacon moments. That That's just, it gets so electric in there. It's the funniest thing ever. This UVA game at this past year, the bacon, I think we uh we interviewed John Camden about it. And he was right. Like there was a zero percent chance that I think it was Vanderplas was taking the free there was a zero percent chance that he was making that free throw. Oh no. no. I don't know if I could make them if I was here and everyone's going crazy for bacon. You're like, why is everyone going crazy for bacon? <laughs> That's just Southwest Virginia at its yeah, finest. All right, hypothetically speaking, if there was a festival-style concert series in Blacksburg, what artist would you want to come to town? What kind of festival is it? Are we talking like – I mean, like it would probably – Drake or is that – because I don't think Drake is more of like a festival guy. I think it would probably be like a, a spring-summer country vibe, I would have mm. to guess, because that seems to also like the bacon fit the region that we're in. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I've gotten in a country a little bit. Um, I was about to say, can Hunter Couture name five country artists? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that. More, I like Morgan Wallen. He's good. Luke Holmes is good. Um, I'd say either one of those two. Okay. Morgan Wallen, Luke Holmes. Pat actually put out a poll yesterday asking which one would uh, – Literally literally those two guys, yeah. <laughs> um, the next one is, uh, I guess, a bit more sentimental. But mm-hmm. obviously, Justin Mutz was a huge – Fan favorite for Virginia Tech uh, fans for a long time. Uh, we're all going to miss him, obviously, on the court, off the court, his impact in the community. Uh, do you have a good story or memory that stands out from your time with Justin that is podcast appropriate? Wow. <laughs> um, let me think. Podcast appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> He's got so every day is a funny is something different with him. He's got such a a unique personality. Um, I don't think a lot of people know when he got here during so he got here the COVID year, so people couldn't really go to the games and kind of understand his personality. He would go around campus because people would be like, he learned about the Let's Go chant. So he started doing it when he first got here, and no one said it back to him. <laughs> But no one really realized it because like, like walking down the drill field and doing it. Like yeah, so we were going to something for football and we were on the golf cart and he started screaming "Let's go!" and everyone just looked at him like he was crazy. <laughs> no one said it back. Oh man, what about uh? Do you have anything from from Grant Basile? I feel like Grant Basile is like um. I feel like he's. I feel like just he's immediately a, Hunter just immediately starts <laughs> laughing. Just immediately, he's like a massive dude. He's a massive dude, and the story of you. So Ed met him before I met him in person. And he was like, I met him at like Kroger and I went up to say hi. And he went, like, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, what's up? Like, I, I feel like he's kind of like hyper, hypersensitive well, sometimes. But tell me, yeah. tell me a little bit about uh, about Grant Basili. Grant is a big child and he's <laughs> always going to be that. Um, I'm going to miss him dearly. I roomed with him on the on the road 
And there would be times where we were in the room and it would be probably 12 a.m., 1 a.m., and we're trying to name five people on on every NFL roster. And we're just we're in the pitch black just screaming out names and it was just like he's a he's an all-time dude. Like you can he can carry a conversation for hours, so I'm gonna miss him, but he's just a big child. That's how I describe him. Uh what are our thoughts on Sean Padula's buzz cut? And I like it. I think it's smooth. Was it done in facility? Is there someone in the facility cutting hair? Or did he go to uh, Great Clips, Harvey's? I don't know where he went, but I know – I don't think it was done. He was actually asking today in the um, in our workouts if anyone wanted to try to do a fade on his hair and go through a practice run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> local spots or things that you have not experienced yet that you want to do in your final year? Now we always talk about this. I gotta tell you, dude, your 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 Blacksburg resume needs some serious work. I, I know you're a busy guy. I know, you know, I get it. You don't have a lot of time, but there there are some things that we have to get done. So what are what are on that list of things that you want to get done? I'm trying to think. What have I not? I know there's a spot or two that you've driven by for four years that you're like, I'm gonna try that one day, and you still haven't done it yet. Um I don't know. I feel like I've tried. I've gone there. 622 North is one that I tried this past year, mm-hmm. which I pretty I liked. It was pretty good. Um, I mean, I'm I'm really – I go to El Ross probably once a week, so that's – You got to go to the one in Christiansburg, dude. There's one I, – I don't know what it's called. I think it's called like Grand Rodeo, Grand Rodeo mm-hmm. in Christiansburg. That place is good. Ed, let's name like three. Make sure he's done them. I told you you have to float the New River at New River Junction. We're gonna organize I've some sort that. of. We're gonna organize some sort of bash down yeah. there over the summer. Um, the cellar. Do you go to the cellar a lot? I've gone to the cellar. Yep, cellar's good. Um, Dude, we were there the other day. He walked right by us. He didn't go in the cellar. I'm just saying he knows he where it is. I'm it. sure he's been. Um, um, I can't think of any either. I, I have a like a dark horse spot that has like good food, but uh Hethwood Market over past the retreat. Um that's a cool little spot. You should go try that out. Anytime we're in Blacksburg, dude, Ed talks about it like it's like it's Shangri-La. So. Dude, I lived at the retreat and they have food every night. They would have like, you know, ribs every night or sandwiches. You go over there and get your dinner. It was great. Underrated spot in Blacksburg is G2's. I don't know if you guys ever had that. No, no, I haven't had that yet. And Ed was like, "We need to try this. Is it is it really worth trying?" Really good. Get their Philly cheesesteak. Can I get a comp? Is there is there a comp for it? Like five guys, like a really nice upgraded five guys. Um, Is there any sort of comp for it? I wouldn't. It's kind of it's got burgers, Philly cheesesteak, chicken wings. Um, It's very. A guy who runs his name's Mo. Um, go in Mo. there every time, and we just go in there and shout his name. Um, Grant loves that place too. Um, but it's like it's the spot for our team downtown late night. We go there. Have you done Slovakia before? Mm-mm. Okay, no, Slovakia's pretty good. Got to go get a Euro or a Gyro. Um, all right, actually, your your list is a little bit better than I I thought I remembered it being. Okay. Except, have you been to all the dining halls? Oh, that's right. Because oh, I know. We've noticed a theme amongst the basketball players that none of y'all eat on campus. Well, yeah, well, I never lived on campus, so that was right. it was mm-hmm. different for me. Um, but I think I I might have. 
Yeah, because I remember Jalen Cohn or Naheem and Big John were on campus and we'd eat with them a bunch. Yeah. So I think I have gone to all of them. I guess one last question. Um, last question that I have is Rodney Rice been through a tough year mm-hmm. and I was very critical of like all the chirping and all the other bullshit that was going on on Twitter and everything else. Like it's his fault that he broke his finger or anything else. Yeah. I want to ask you, you've practiced with him. How is Rodney Rice on the court when he is playing? Like, tell me a little bit about Rodney Rice. What can we expect next year? Yeah, he's a special player. You know, he kind of has um, – he's got great confidence in his game. He's able to shoot the ball. He's athletic and put it on the ground. So I feel like Hokie Nation really hasn't seen the full product yet. So I'm excited for him to go out there this year and kind of put that out there. All right, the last one I have is uh, you guys have a couple portal guys coming in. Uh, including Tyler Nickel, who I talked to last week. And when I asked him who he's most excited to get to Blacksburg and work out against and go against in practice, he said Hunter Couture, uh, if you had made your decision. That was the little caveat he threw in there. So now that you have, um, you know, you guys played against him, obviously, I think twice last year. Um, what do you think Tyler's going to bring to Blacksburg and to the team that maybe you guys didn't have before or, you know, a boost um, from a guy, you know, with his size and athletic ability and skill set? Yeah, I'm excited for him to get here. He's um he's a bigger wing, um can play two, three, and four, um can score in a in a wide variety of ways. Um, we played him this year and he played pretty well, so I'm excited for. Uh, I know we recruited him. He we were in his top two. It was between us and UNC, so I met him on his visit. Seemed like a cool dude, so I'm excited for him to get here and kind of get to work with him. Hunter Couture, you're a gentleman and a scholar. Thank you so much for your time, and we are fired up that you're coming back for one more year. That means that we have to at least do one more of those awkward conversations between you and Austin. <laughs> a lot of fun watching that. We do have to do that. I forgot about that. I'll see you. Uh, let's get on the golf course sometime, man. You take care. Let's do it. I appreciate you guys. To wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know it's what you're thinking
to you. 